This episode of Naval Gazing is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a plan gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. For hundreds of years, we brought you the news. For the info, we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Hey everyone, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly talk show. This episode is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Today my guest is Jim Gilday the Derby resident who chairs the Connecticut Commuter Rail Council. By the way, my name is Eugene Driscoll. You can follow us on Twitter at Valley Indy or at Facebook.com Valley Independent Sentinel. Now, ladies and gentlemen, train service in the Naugatuck Valley is in trouble. Here's a headline from the New York Times on February 1st. Connecticut's deficit could put some weekend trains at risk. Here's a paragraph from the Rep. Am, that's a Republican American, via the Citizen News website from February 26. Quote, unless the state finds new sources of revenue, the DOT will have to cut back weekend and off-peak service on the rail line, which runs seven trains a day between Waterbury and Bridgeport, and cancel plans to spend $8 million on new trains. Further evidence that we're perhaps living in the upside-down world from Stranger Things? This is again from the Rep. Am. The DOT is spending $70 million to signalize the railroad and add passing sightings along with positive train control, a system that could automatically slow or stop a train to prevent a collision. But where to obtain the money to maintain existing service remains an open question. So Jim Gilday is not only in a fight to keep the momentum going and improvements for the Waterbury branch going, He's fighting to keep this thing alive, it sounds like. But before you hear my interview with Jim Gilday, who is an expert on everything Metro North and Waterbury Branch related, I had the opportunity to talk to U.S. Senator Chris Murphy for about five minutes after I had interviewed Jim Gilday. And I talked to the senator about if there's anything the federal government can do, namely throw some money at the Waterbury Branch line since the state because of its financial woes, is talking about cutting back service. Murphy has been involved with the Waterbury Branch Line for years now. He's been sort of a key player in bringing at least awareness to the problems that exist on that train line. So anyway, uh, here is Senator Chris Murphy talking about the Waterbury Branch Line, and then it'll go into our interview with Jim Gilday. Thanks. Uh, is Eugene Driscoll there, please? Yeah, this is Eugene. Hi, Senator Murphy. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad at all. So I was talking to Jim Gilday, uh, Derby resident head of the Commuter uh, Action Council, a rail council up here. And we were talking about the Waterbury branch. 
and it seems to be uh, perpetually plagued by it's like always on the chopping block, uh, at least for like the last seven years. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts as to uh, why that particular branch line always seems to be in some financial trouble, and if there's anything that the federal government is planning or can do, because I know there's been so much talk over the last two years about this infrastructure plan, infrastructure, and we're going to make America great again by investing uh, in infrastructure. Where does that stand? So my first question is, what do you think the problem is with that, with the Waterbury branch? Yeah, the branch line doesn't have enough service, uh, and so it doesn't draw enough ridership to sustain itself. Um, I've always said that if you build it, they will come to the Waterbury branch line. If you give commuters regular service in the morning and the evening, there'll be a ton of interest. Um, there's limited interest today because you can only, you know, there's only a couple times that you can get to and to and back from work. Um, you know, the, um, you know, my, my hope is that the federal government will, uh, you know, pass a big infrastructure spending bill. Uh, unfortunately, you know, President Trump uh, has proposed the opposite. You know, President Trump proposed a bill that would just force Connecticut to pay for everything uh, and dramatically cut the federal investment in transportation. Um, you know, there's uh, the the budget deal we reached two weeks ago includes um, a new twenty billion dollar appropriation for infrastructure uh, that will help fill some of Connecticut's gap uh, in the transportation fund. And maybe it can help restore service that the state government has proposed cutting on the branch line. And do you, do you foresee any of this happening? I guess one thing, as a reporter, like we've only been around since 2009 here in the Naugatuck Valley. And uh, it always seems like the Waterbury branch and some of the other branches that, that aren't New Haven uh, – seem to take one step forward and then three steps back. Like, how dire is the situation in your estimate? I mean, you, you, you have a better handle on it than we do. The Waterbury branch needs major investment. Uh, you need sidings so that trains can pass each other. Uh, you need modern rail cars so that they don't break down in the winter. You need better stations. Uh, so there's big investments uh, that need to be made in the branch line in order for you know, people to make the decision to use it. Um, and, um, you know, you've got to come up with it. You know, that money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, you, you have to, you know, come up with a way to get that money into the state government. Uh, and I think that's the conversation the legislature is having. I mean, the legislature, there's, you know, Republicans in the legislature seem reluctant to endorse uh, new revenue for transportation. Uh, unfortunately, with no new revenue, you can't rebuild any of our infrastructure, uh, certainly not the Waterbury Ranch Line. And do you think, and this will be my, my last question, and it might be speculative, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you think the Waterbury Branch Line has a better chance of going away as opposed to a $30 billion infusion of cash anytime soon? No, my, I don't think the Waterbury Branch Line is going anywhere. My worry is that it just sputters along uh, with limited investment. Um, you know, this is a unique asset uh, that could be an economic powerhouse uh, for the Naugatuck Valley, uh, but the state, you know, has got to um, put some serious money uh, into it to uh, uh, to attract the ridership that that line deserves. 
And I would, and I said that was my last question, but I'm a liar. Just my, this is my last, last question. I assume you hear from the uh, local leaders here. You've heard from um, Mayor Cassetti and uh, and Mayor Zekin over in Derby. I assume, but correct me if I'm wrong, that this is a priority for them. Well, all the mayors in the valley are working on really smart transit-oriented development projects uh, along the rail line. Uh, but those projects only work if there's passengers on the rail line. You know, Route 8 can only deliver so many people to your downtown. The rail line can, you know, supplement that in a major way. All right, Senator Murphy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, especially with absolutely no notice. All right, great. Thanks a lot. Take care. Take care. Hi, it's Eugene of ValleyIndy.org. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast. Just wanted to talk to you for a second about the Valley Gives Back, a new program of the Valley Community Foundation. They're supporting this podcast. Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Your action inspires others to follow your lead and make a difference. And with a planned gift, you have the power to impact your community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. For more information, visit valleygivesback.org. The Valley Gives Back is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, connecting private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the Valley. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. Now back to the show. Jim, first of all, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Jane. How are you, sir? Always happy to be on. Yeah, no, it's, all, it's good to have you. So, first of all, I've been just reading about the uh, funding woes that have bubbled up to the surface in the last few months. Are all these threats that have been reported by the New York Times and the Republican American and her CT in Connecticut, are they all still out there? Is there any kind of update? Or is this all now, we all get good news and we're all going to be have electric train service for the rest of our lives? What's happening? So I, I, I certainly think that the concerns that have been noted out there with the service reductions and fare hikes remain a viable option that people need to be concerned about, up in arms about, and ready to advocate and contact your state legislator about. And so what will happen if all these, uh, uh, the, the fare hikes uh, come into play? Uh, what's going to happen to train service? And if they, if they start to reduce the amount of trains that comes, what, what happens? So I think, I think that really triggers a, a bunch of different things. And there's two really different parallel tracks that, that I, pardon the pun, that I think these follow. One is the impact to the individual commuter. And you will start to see the commuter obviously no longer take trains, filter off into the cars. You'll see more cars on the road. You'll see more congestion. There's environmental issues with that. There's wear and tear on bridges and roads and, and just a microcosm the Waterbury Corridor, so to speak. The amount of cars that you will now see, you know, increase on a daily basis over the Commodore Hole Bridge, that has an impact. That has an impact when it comes to asphalt, when it comes to bridge maintenance, when it comes to, to upkeep. Um, so that, that, that's really the first impact is you're going to push commuters out into, in, into their cars and on the roads. Second, which, which we really can't lose sight of, is the impact that this has on businesses uh, and places of employment. Because certainly the, the ability to attract employees to your business to work for you is important. And having your employees be able to reliably get to your job is important. But secondly, 
and, and I'm, I'm reminded of the Stanford public hearing the other night when the owner of the Roger Sherman Inn said, listen, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna probably have to shut down if we start to reduce service on the New Canaan branch because I cannot tell you how many of my customers come to us off of the train. So that, that's an important point that, that can't be, can't be lost. That these train stations run through downtowns, run to businesses, run to major areas where businesses are dependent on the customers and the commuters who, who, who use the trains. And then to sort of establish a baseline for what we're talking about here, uh, you or your organization, the Communal Rail Council, sent down an email February 15th or February 19th with the subject line, Waterbury Branch Service Reductions. And in the email, you said, uh, the State Department of Transportation is moving forward with plans to propose a, fail, a rail fare increase that would take effect in three phases. Uh, and then I guess it's 10% on July 1st, 5% on July 1st, 2020, 5% July 1st, 2021 for a cumulative total of 21.28%. Uh, for the Waterbury, Danbury, and New Canaan train lines, they are proposing significant reductions to off-peak and weekend rail services, according to the email. Shoreline East, the elimination of off-peak and weekend service, as well as significant reductions in peak period service. Even the New Haven Main Line, possible early morning and late night service reductions. Uh, and some of this could all take take place starting July 1st, 2018. Uh, I, what is happening on the state level? Because maybe we should talk about that for a moment. Because then when I go through your, your Twitter feed uh, for the Waterbury Line, Twitter at Waterbury Line, you mention again and again uh, the special transportation fund. Where, what, where, why all of a sudden is uh, all these concerns about money rising to the top? So the special transportation fund is is a fund that is dangerously close to, to quite frankly, running out of money. The state years ago um, did things like reduce the gas tax, and they reduced the income sources, uh, the funds that were going into the special transportation fund. So is the state of Connecticut put their Let's Go Connecticut uh, plan into place? And as they started to uh, invest in the line, whether it be replace a walk bridge in Norwalk, whether it be the New Haven rail yard upgrades, whether it be the passing sidings in Waterbury, you know, that, that obviously requires funding. And uh, that funding was really designed to come from the Special Transportation Fund. So, you know, I, th- I think one of the misconceptions is that, you know, uh, we could just, you know, spend money and buy new locomotives for Waterbury branch and be done. But, but it's really not that simple. Um, when you purchase, when you make large scale improvements, when you improve infrastructure, when you buy rail cars and you buy locomotives, that is bonded over a period of time. And to, and, and, and to issue those bonds, you have to, you have to be able to assure uh, the institutions that you can pay those bonds over time. So you do need a steady source of year-to-year income that you can count on to make these improvements. And so that's really why the Department of Transportation put many of their projects on hold. It's not that they can't spend money here, you know, let's say $10 million here to, to, to purchase coaches or locomotives. It's that they can't consistently, year after year, guarantee that they will have money to pay the bonds that they need fund the infrastructure improvements that they want to make. So in terms of, of the way this rail line is funded, I was reading one part in the New York Times article 
Uh, basically, uh, the article that I mentioned earlier, there's a paragraph saying, Connecticut owns the part of the New Haven line within its borders. Metro North operates the commuter line under a contract. Fares cover about 67% of the operating costs, with both New York and Connecticut providing subsidies on the main line. Connecticut, however, pays all of the nearly $33 million in subsidies for the branch lines to Danbury, New Canaan, and Waterbury. Uh, And basically there was a part in there saying where the subsidy is $3.25 a rider on the main line. For example, it can be as much as $24.46 a passenger on the Waterbury line. Is there, it, it sounds like there's like structural funding problems for a lot of these smaller branch lines. Is there any, and is anybody looking for another way to fund this? Is there any other ideas out there? Uh, you know, the, the, instead of just sort of relying on the state who seems to, they can't like even, they can't afford anything it seems anymore. I do think that there are other potential revenue sources that the state of Connecticut uh, clearly needs to look into. Um, uh, and again, you know, it's certainly not my job to propose those, but there's things uh, that they could look into uh, that doesn't necessarily require additional revenue, whether it be, and I'm just using this for example, instead of having the old bar carts, maybe you have a Dunkin' Donut car and, and, and you see if they could subsidize it, or maybe like you do on the buses, you advertise on the trains. I mean, I think there are other revenue sources that, that, that probably don't get looked into hard enough. I would also say in some of the, the branches, clearly they're the most expensive uh, um, trains to run. And that's really twofold. One is because um, they are far away from Grand Central and they do you know, kind of reach off into parts of the state that are not always easy to access. But secondly, you know, there really isn't, uh, there really isn't a whole lot done to enhance ridership, let's say, on a Waterbury branch or Shoreline East. You know, they, uh, which are the two most expensive branches to operate. Um, you know, they, they don't have a really strong uh, um, service times. They don't have really strong, you know, service records. Uh, you have to wait every three hours for a train on the weekend. So just to speak to the Waterbury line, uh, so one of the thoughts about this 70 million uh, passing siding uh, project was the uh, central uh, line uh, rail study a few years ago said that you would double riders. Well, if you double the riders, well, you know what, you're, you're, you're going to make it more cost effective to ride. So I think it's catch 22. I don't think the state has really done a great job investing in the branches and providing service that would attract customers that would lower the uh, subsidy as well. And just to, in the interest of fairness, there is a quote within that New York Times article from earlier this month, and it's from James Redeker, the commissioner of the Connecticut Department of Transportation. And he says, quote, this is not something I want to do, but I have to have a balanced budget, and I have to be able to do that to sell bonds. Then the reporter notes, state officials were almost four months late in approving a two-year $40.2 billion state budget that included spending cuts and measures meant to improve finances. One of the sort of sad things, I guess, uh, someone who's not from the Naugatuck Valley or Connecticut uh, originally, uh, the, the history, you had linked to a uh, blog post from, I believe, a resident of Waterbury who sort of went through the history of uh, Waterbury train service or the Waterbury area train service. And the exact uh, URL for anybody out there curious, it's waterburythoughts.blogspot.com. 
com. But one of the things this writer pointed out, uh, at least my interpretation of it, is that a hundred years ago, you could take a train from Waterbury to Brewster, New York. You could get a train service was actually much better a uh, hundred years ago than it is now, and it seems like ever since then, various government officials, and it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever, have been trying to hack away at train service here in the Naugatuck Valley specifically. Uh, according to that article in 2010, Governor Jody Rell proposed eliminating all service on the Waterbury branch line as part of overall budget cuts. So it seems like the Waterbury branch is always on that chopping block. Is there anything that commuters or residents, public officials, business owners in the Valley can do to try to bring attention to this, or are people already on it? Well, you know, I, I will tell you this, Gene. I, I was encouraged recently when I saw the forum that was held uh, that the mayor of Naugatuck had, had coordinated with the uh, first selectmen and the mayors along and the state legislators along the branch. It wasn't that long ago, you know, 2013, you know, when we were holding forums, you know, at the Derby train station where, you know, it was commuter driven and we had really difficult time getting mayors and first selectmen and legislators engaged. Hmm. So to just see where we are now and to see the weekend service that was added and the holiday service that was added and the even the passing siding project that, that's in play. Now to see actually first selectmen, mayors, and legislators uh, involved and passionate about it is, is exciting. And it really shows the, the, the momentum that, that has really occurred on the branch in the last five years. Having said that, I mean, I do think, though, that this is a, this is a sincere threat to the line and to rail services as a whole in Connecticut, and I would include that Shoreline East, the New Canaan branch and Danbury branch as well. I, I think the branches would, would be impacted the most. And so the legislators decided to enact a budget, and they, and, and they did so without the governor, and, and, and that's fine. But, you know, so at the end of the day, the legislators need to take responsibility for the fact that the special transportation fund is running insolvent, that they have to find a way to make sure that doesn't happen. So I would encourage commuters, mayors, first electmen to, to listen, as much pressure as they can on the legislators. It's an election year. We'll certainly be out there reminding folks of which legislators came through and, and which ones didn't, um, uh, and which one helped solve the problem and, 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 and which ones didn't. Because, you know, it's, it's not about rail commuters only. People have to realize that whether it's a New Haven that has a new parking garage going through, whether it's a Stanford which is building their transit-oriented trans, development, whether it's Waterbury, Naugatuck, Derby, these train lines through critical downtown areas and all these downtown, all these cities are using this, the, the, the train and the rail, uh, br uh, the rail branch as a vehicle, as a springboard for the downtown projects. So it just doesn't impact commuters. It impacts all taxpayers, all citizens, and, and they really need to be up in arms over this. Hey, it's Eugene again. I just want to thank... Senator Chris Murphy for appearing on this episode of Naval Gazing. And I want to thank Jim Gilday of Derby, chairman of the Connecticut Commuter Rail Council, for appearing on this episode of Valley Naval Gazing. Follow the Waterbury line on Twitter for the latest updates on what's happening with the branch. Programming note, Mr. Gilday is going to be a guest on a future podcast I'm planning to do an episode on this idea that was floated at a school security forum in the city of Derby about possibly, maybe, idea, infancy at this point, about having the National Guard have some involvement in local schools. So until next time, this is Eugene Driscoll on behalf of my absent partner in this episode, Ethan Fry, saying we'll see you next time 
and navel gazing. Thanks. For hundreds of years we brought you the news. For in the info we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Changing market now threatens our lives. Post literation, critical reading, dumbed down nation signs have been breeding. TV sucking ideas from our head. Public discourse just about dead. We'll ride the dinosaur. Yeah, ride the dinosaur. Our readers are in the opens each day. We'll ride the dinosaur We'll ride the dinosaur